The Shaky Town Radio Hour is on the air. I'm Brody Foster Hubbard coming to you once again from the Eagle's Nest uh, on top of the east side of Los Angeles. Uh, I have two guests joining me today. We have Yumi Sakagawa and Adam Bernalis. Hello. Hello. <laughs> and Adam, what's the other way that some people say your last name? Oh, because we're in the, I'm in East LA, so most people will say things with a Spanish accent, so they tend to say Bernalis instead of Bernalis. And some people even say Bernalis sounds like you have a Chicago accent, because that's where right. I'm originally from. Right. It has that kind of ah sound, which people always say is from the Midwest, so... And we've talked to Yumi before uh, at IE Quest. This is Adam's first time joining us, though, and he uh, is one of the owners of Sight Books, which we are also talking about. It has another pronunciation. <laughs> yeah, I've heard other people say Sete Books. But That's either how way. I've been saying. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's either okay. or, really. When we, when we chose the name, it was because of the interpretive notion of saying words in Spanish and English. You know, like you hear street names, Dubois. But in America, that street name is commonly said Du Bois. I mean, that's we have a street in Chicago, that. And there's a lot of words like that that we enjoy. And we knew that the bookstore would be English, Spanish, and actually a lot of other foreign languages. We sell French and Russian books and all of the kinds of stuff. So. Yeah. But... And besides double pronunciation of things, we're also promoting two events today. So this is like actually like a double podcast episode <laughs> uh, because it is the last one before the holiday. Um, you're hearing this hopefully right before Thanksgiving and these events are after Thanksgiving. So more bang for your buck. It's like two for the price of one. So very lucky, lucky audience today. <laughs> um, we have uh, an event where all three of us will be at together. It's the East Side Zine Market, um, and Adam's organizing that at the Hazard Armory. The Hazard Park Armory, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's uh, right by Ramona Gardens, uh, just over the side from the river, basically, of going into Boyle Heights. But yeah, it's a huge space. It's uh, nice and open. It's kind of like a big white uh, gymnasium, basically. And they've been trying to get more arts-related events and theater-related events, and so we're bringing the zine market there. Very cool. And you, may, you and I are going to be tabling there uh, like we did yes. uh, just a couple weeks ago. But you also have your book launch party uh, coming up at Skylight Books. Yeah, um, I'm doing a book launch party for my first published book, I Think I Am in Friend Love With You, which is based on the webcomic of the same name that was first posted back in uh, 2012, almost exactly a year ago, actually. And yeah, it's on Thursday, December 5th at 7.30, and I'll be doing a book reading and signing and also presenting some uh, other artwork and comics as well. So that'll be a couple days before you Z Market. It'll be Thursday, December 5th. 5th. <laughs> Thursday, December 5th, and then Eastside Z Market will be the following Sunday, yeah, and December the 8th. 8th. Yeah. Um, that's great. It's, it's a lot of great events here popping up right at the end of the year. Um, it's been a great year for the L.A. literary, small press, zine community, lots of great things mm -hmm. going on. Um, Adam, you came from Chicago originally. Yeah, I came from Chicago about five years, yeah, five years ago. Okay. Were you born and raised there? Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's a great community, too. Uh, Erica, our friend, uh, lived there for a while and, and always speaks well, like Chicago Zine Fest. And yeah. I just met... Um, Johnny, who does the Two Cookie Minimum show sure. from uh, in Chicago and stuff. 
So what your partner in um, Sight Books, Denise Diaz, mm-hmm. she's originally from Los Angeles. She grew up and was born basically right like a block from where the store is. So yeah, she hasn't. She's always been there, and she's always been a part of that community. So was she the one to really say, "Come on, let's do this," or or were you? Actually, it was the combination of us meeting. You know, when I had come out here for an art project because I do photography and some other unrelated things. And she does illustrations and we had met through a common friend. And when I came out to LA, I called her up and we met. And then she came to Chicago for a little while and we ended up hitting it off and decided I would go and see what it was like to live over in LA. And when I came to LA, one of the first things, you know, were, you know, what to do. I said, well, we should go to like a local bookstore. I grew up going to bookstores and she was like, well, we go up to Pasadena or, you know, there used to be one over in Montebello, but that one closed. And at that point, there weren't even any bookstores, I think, between us and all the way out to Whittier. You go down, there's nothing until you get practically down to Long Beach. You go up, you got to go up to Pasadena. And at that time, five years ago, the last bookstore wasn't even, it was the smaller store and had just opened. So aside yeah. from the last bookstore, you were stuck going all the way out to like Echo Park was released. So there's just nothing between and uh her mom already had a storefront and she had been asking us if we were interested in doing anything in that space. And that was one of the ideas that we came up with. There was just a void of books. And of course, we had personal interest in our books and zines. So that was one of the things that we incorporated into it pretty quickly as well. And it's um, it, it was a boutique before and it's kind of grown more now. Yeah, it was when it started. It was uh, mostly women's clothing and makeup. And then we kind of took more and more of the space over and started paying more and more of the rents because we could do it with books. So, yeah. Now, Yumi, you grew up here. I did. Um, I grew up in Orange County, uh, but I went to uh, school in UCLA. And for the most of my 20s, I've been in Los Angeles. So you have got to you have seen um, how the the bookstores and the literary scene has changed and evolved and probably gone through up and down cycles over the yeah, years. Yeah, definitely, and um, it's been really exciting to see the the zine culture, especially, really grow in the past few years. Um, what were some of your favorite stores to visit when you were a kid in Orange County? Honestly, when I was a kid in Orange County, Toys I... R Us. That was your favorite store. <laughs> or um, Borders, right. um, Crown Books. <laughs> so All the these... exact same in Chicago. Yeah, I, mean, that's, <laughs> I grew up with my mom as a school teacher. She used to get the teacher discount in Borders, so we used to go to Borders mm-hmm. all the time. We used to go to yeah Crown Books too, and that mm-hmm. used to exist. But yeah, those were all. They still, I think, have like ownership of like some sort of like what they call like half price bookstores or just you know just like remainders um yeah another like company in burbank i think yeah they bought the name it's like a separate company some company oh, came okay. in and contacted because when we first started looking at bookstores and we started getting into it we started researching tons of bookstores and yeah an independent company came in and bought the name from crown because they thought it still had value but yeah now they do like dollar value books yeah it's, uh, <laughs> it's a pretty different experience than what it used to be yeah but yeah yeah, we grew up on the same stores, and yeah, those places were great. It's, they were. I mean, people like to think of just independent bookstores, which I also went to. I mean, we had Quimby's in Chicago that I used to go to all the right. time, and we used to have uh, booksellers all over. There used to be a bunch of small ones, unfortunately, that uh, don't exist anymore, like uh, the Bookmark and a few other places in Chicago that were very small. And like here, you guys, I mean, like I said, we looked at the history of bookselling here, too, so we looked at all the older bookstores, unfortunately, that like Brentano's and mm-hmm. all the other ones that have kind of 
gone by the wayside and then seeing that kind of quiet period I think there was kind of in like the late 90s early 2000s a bunch of stores went out of business and then other stores started to grow you know you know skylight and stories and all these other ones that kind of grew out of those previous places yeah stories just celebrated their five years five years yeah yeah I've heard they had a big party food and drink and (laughs) (laughs) did either of you or both of you have in your schools as kids the I think scholastic where the the scholastic yes. books, yeah, you yes. order it from the catalog. Like <laughs> yeah, a yeah. little, like, very cheap newsprint catalog, mm-hmm. but, like, yeah, all sorts of awesome. Like, my teacher's an alien or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I used to love those. Yeah, my teacher flunked the planet. Yeah, all those. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, we used to have those all the time. Those were, yeah, the little book festivals and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, those are amazing. And I think um, they also came with random little prizes, like stickers and, and whatnot. Yeah. So when were you starting to develop as a, a artist and, and storyteller? Um, like what, what initially grabbed your uh, attention as far as like that being an option? Did it grow from like childhood play or was there a specific class or teacher that kind of provoked that in you that, oh, that's something I can create art? Well, I think it's a, a series of events from childhood on where to after college that sort of propelled me towards making comics um during my childhood i definitely grew up reading a lot of manga especially sailor moon (laughs) (laughs) um so and you know it's it's funny to look back on the 90s when i was reading these manga it was just very apparent that there were no options for girl readers in america to read comics so i think i was just always very I felt very angry <laughs> that that option didn't exist. So I yeah. think that really um, inspired me to keep making comics. And then um, in high school, I really loved reading Johnny the Homicidal Maniac yeah. and, and Squee. <laughs> so that sort of, um, that coupled with my my high school love for Tim Burton style um, doom and gloom that also sort of fueled my my Sharpie ink comics and drawings and all my teen angst. And then um, in college, I was really lucky to be introduced to other um, independent comic publications like Blankets and um, Adrian Tomine's comics. So, and then right after college, I didn't really know that a zine culture existed until I happened to meet um, Alex and Ann Chu of Eyeball Burp magazine, yeah. Eyeball Burp scene, and uh, they really inspired me to get more active in zine culture and go to zine conventions. Alex was on the show uh, to promote LA Zine Fest 2012 oh, a couple years back. Right. I uh, him that. and Tom and uh, Neely and Keenan Keller. So mm-hmm. um, I too was introduced to LA Zine culture by Alex in a way. <laughs> yeah, I think that couples are there. There's just a, everyone's gateway drug for getting into zine culture yeah yeah and they uh, had moved to portland sometime last yeah last year, this year? Last year. Yeah. yeah 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 so you know them as well yeah yeah they've been by the store actually and i've talked to them at all the different zine events uh, actually they were probably one of the first people who came by the store with like a ton of zines i mean because they had the previous eyeball blurb zines i think issues like two three four and maybe five at the time not to mention all of her individual stuff, some of his individual stuff. So yeah, they were definitely one of the first people that came by the store with just a collection. You know, a lot of people come by maybe with one or two zines or maybe three or four, but they had 
a lot of zines. So yeah, it was really cool too. Very good. They're a very nice couple. And yeah, it was unfortunate when they had to when they decided to move up there just because yeah they were really promoting zines all over the place in their collection of zines. I mean they had Helen Joe in there and all kinds of people that otherwise maybe you wouldn't get too much exposure to. And they were I think they're really nice too because they went to a lot of different events. So and they were holding the kind of uh, more art oriented events, but mm-hmm. also incorporating zines into them. So that kind of cross pollination is nice. Yeah, there. I mean, there's definitely this overlap. Um, and Yumi, like you referred to yourself as like, I do comics. And you're right, obviously you do comics. I just always think of your work as, I almost feel like you're writing some, you're channeling some sort of, I don't know, dimension. And you're passing on like this knowledge. and Cosmic, that's the word I'm looking for. Oh. You're channeling something cosmic. When, when did you kind of tap into that, would you say? Is that something that's always been... No, definitely not. <laughs> okay. Um, well, when I think back to how I got into meditation, I always go back to 2007 when I was uh, teaching English in Japan, and this was immediately right after I graduated from UCLA. And when you graduate with an art major, nine times out of ten, you just have no idea what to do next. So my my de- my sort of default plan was, oh, I'll teach English in Japan and just see where it goes. And it was just a very emotionally difficult time for me. I was um, living in another country and I didn't really know too many people there. And it was just sort of a very emotionally challenging time. And I just so happened to have a friend who was also a fellow English teacher who was really into yoga and meditation. And uh, she lent me a copy of Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth and... Around the same time, um, my boyfriend David also sent me the audiobook of David Lynch's book, Catching the Big Fish, which is about uh, the film director's experiences with meditation and how that's helped him with his creative process. So just having those two things come to me at the same time, it really inspired me to meditate and get more into it. And, And then serendipitously, after I came back from teaching English in Japan, I worked for three years at an internet startup founded by Deepak Chopra's daughter, <laughs> Malika Chopra, just so random. Yeah. And um, yeah, while I was working as a blog editor there, I was coming across a lot of articles on self-help and meditation. So that sort of gave me the idea to make meditation comics. Um, I think there there is a lot of text on meditation, but... It's so abstract, and I think people are really intimidated by that. So making comics about meditation is my way of um, reminding myself of the importance of the practice and also giving other people access to something that isn't, shouldn't be intimidating or challenging. Yeah. You know, if you rearrange the word cosmic, it spells comics. I don't think that's the coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> um so, there, yeah, there is this overlap between art and comics and zines and literature. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's all art. It's all literature. <laughs> it's not all comics. It's not all comics. But it all falls under zines. I mean, zines yeah. can be almost anything. And that's what's great about them. I mean, we've done all kinds of events. And if you go from the LA Art Book Fair, which had Zine World, mm-hmm. and you have uh, the small zine events over at Space 1520, and then you have the LA Zine Fest, and then you even have, like, uh, the DIY events that you have around... You have zines that cover 
poetry and like chapbooks and that kind of stuff. You have political ones, you have more art oriented ones, you have comic events and all that kind of stuff. And all of them fall under zines, which is what's great about them. Do you think it's unique to Los Angeles that all of these different kind of writers and artists uh, can get along and, and, and relate well and, and, and do these events kind of cooperatively? cooperatively? Is Because my experience, um, I, I come from Phoenix. Uh, it was a very fractured scene as far as music goes. So those of us who were even doing anything like zine related, and, and my involvement was very small. I wrote for somebody else's zine, and I would help promote that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was kind of an uphill battle, and that might be just part of being from a small town. Phoenix is a big city, but it's a small town, trust me. <laughs> um, I say that with love. Um, but Yumi, you coming from Orange County and spending time in Los Angeles, and then Adam, you having seen Chicago and Los Angeles, um, I mean, am I just not, am I not thinking well enough of people? Like, <laughs> well, of course they would get along. They're all artists, right? Yeah, I don't think it's negative to say that there's probably different groups of people and they just have different circles. That, I mean, it's just kind of the nature of human beings. They have friends and circles of people that they spend time with. And so they hear about certain events. It can be hard to get people from all different walks of life, people attending different schools, people at different ages and all this kind of stuff. And to get them to go to the same events on the same day. Um, I think that's true even in LA. I mean, I think, like I said, the, the different events that I mentioned earlier, there's probably been only a little bit of overlap and it takes kind of a specific work to want to be able to go to all those events. You know, like Never Press is one of those. It's been at all those events, yeah. I think. And that's because they have comics that could also be zines that kind of also work as art books. So they can, and they do it themselves. It's not outsourced as far as printing. So they kind of overlap and all that. But yeah, I mean, in other events, you only get a little bit of each and I don't think there's anything wrong with that and it's not like people don't like each other i mean they come to the different events i mean i see people visit all those different events they just don't necessarily table with them they just got different things going on and different like you said different types of music it's like there's different clubs for every type of sound that's the same thing with zine events yeah how's your experience been because uh, you as we talked about last time also have gotten to travel around a bit um hmm, it's it's hard to say um I, I guess outside of California or even Los Angeles, I've only, as far as zine events go, I've only been to SF Zine Fest and the Brooklyn Zine Fest. And I, I, think, I think for both of those events, there, there is an interesting overlap between different creative genres. At the Brooklyn Zine Fest I went to, I, I did notice that there seemed to be a lot more zines in the traditional sense, if that makes any sense, where mm-hmm. there are political manifestos, poetry, um, personal essays, more text-based zines than the ones I saw in L.A. But, but I feel like all across the board, from my experience, there, there is good cross-pollination between comics, text. And even even music fanzines. Right, right. Uh, I mean, so much of um, personally, my my zine experience started in coming out from from music fanzines, like mm-hmm. Maximum Rock and Roll and yeah. Heart Attack. Um, you know, now Razor Cake, um, but which features comics actually. Yeah. So, um, so so it is. It's good. It, 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 we do have a scene where I think a lot of people get along, and then you have the. Yeah. A good um, cross-pollination as you said um what about the running a bookstore you, you you see now 
the customer base. Um, I'm sure you ha- you don't have just have customers like uh, myself or Yumi who would come in and like know specifically what you're look you know we're looking for. You have people probably randomly walking in like, what's this a bookstore? Okay, let's go. And <laughs> but you're offering something different. Yeah. Um, well, we actually get a lot of people that don't know what a zine is. A lot of people ask, you know, what are all these booklets? We have them all lined up on top of the shelves, and then we also have a large shelf in the front. And I've had to explain several times exactly what it is and. And just to tell them that you can make one if you want. You know, we sell them on consignments. You can bring in whatever you'd like. You know, if you, some people bring them in to give away for free. Um, yeah, and so that kind of stuff is, it's interesting because obviously the neighborhood that we're in is a little bit different. I mean, most people who open zine stores, people who do art books, mm-hmm. will typically choose probably a trendier neighborhood, a yeah. neighborhood with younger people, maybe with a little bit higher income. And But we're in a low-income, mainly ethnic neighborhood, and... That was a conscious choice we made because there wasn't anything there and because there usually isn't, like I said. So um, it's nice because you get to really expose people to a lot of new things all the time. People look, you know, we actually get a lot of readers, you know. We do sell zines, but we also get a lot of people, almost like a zine library, who will come in and sit down and read four or five of the zines. It's like the the meditation zine we sold out of that one the first time. People really responded to that. And I don't think there are probably a lot of other stores in East L.A. that have... Uh, how-to meditation guides particularly not in like an accessible way that you know a teenager is going to want to pick it up and look at it so yeah I mean it's it's a great experience having the bookstore and helping people find what they're looking for Uh, Yumi you have got popular not only just from print but you know the web and I, I first saw you on tumblr Oh, awesome. So, I love Tumblr. Yeah, tum- Tumblr <laughs> has been very good for you, I think. Yeah, from what, I agree. From what I see on the outside. I agree. So I can only imagine, you know, since, you know, the world uses Tumblr, <laughs> there's got to be people who just, you know, and, and a generation who are used to reading things like on Kindle or just on the internet. And so any sort of, you might be their first exposure to, you know, the DIY print world. Uh, have you gotten any interesting feedback, any interesting letters, people who contact you, fans who contact you through Tumblr, um, where you've found yourself kind of the position Adam's in for folks in the neighborhood exposing them to a whole subculture? Yeah, um, I've definitely had um, younger younger girls um, say that my comics have sort of inspired them to to make their own zines or make their own comics. And especially with my my webcomic now book, I think I'm in friend love with you. Um, that definitely gave me a lot of re- responses all over the internet, though there were mostly people sharing their own sad friend love stories, <laughs> which was pretty awesome too. What are the sad friend love stories? Well, I feel like a lot of the stories people tell me they didn't necessarily have a happy ending. It always seemed to end on sort of a wistful note, like, oh, I once had this person, this this boy or this girl who I, I was in friend love with, and it just reminded me of that person, dot, dot, dot. It was never <laughs> like, and then we became best friends for life. It was always very, it sort of ended on this cliffhanger where it seems like nothing really nothing was resolved from that and my webcomic sort of drudged up bygone <laughs> memories of that encounter or, or experience um yeah and then I've also just had friends within my circle tell confess to me all their past friend love stories so yeah 
that's been really fun. <laughs> for, for those of you who, for, for those in the audience who might uh, just be hearing your voice on our show for the first time and might be just now exposed to your work, uh, and I think it's self-explanatory, but I want to dig a little deeper. Tell me about your concept of a friend love and how it's, you know, <laughs> how it differs from other love. Well, so, so in my webcomic, I explore the idea of friend love through this nameless protagonist who's in friend love with another character and um my my idea of friend love is a very intense platonic crush on another person you you don't want to date the person or necessarily pursue anything romantic or sexual you just really want to hang out with the person because the person is really cool really awesome and you just want to share all these best friend activities with said person whether it's uh, swapping favorite books or watching movies together or just having hour-long conversations about the things both of you are interested in i'm nodding my head <laughs> because i'm feeling it right now i'm not going to share any stories oh, right now darn. i'm not going to name names uh adam who's who, who are you in friend love with friend love huh uh you know, actually, it's pretty crazy. I'm one of those guys who spends almost all his time with his girlfriend. So Denise and I are together, like, almost 24 hours a day. I don't yeah. think I have too many friend loves. Yeah. We're kind of that friend love, relationship love kind of thing. So I got to say, I can't think of anyone right now. I mean, you know, when I'm younger, I remember people, yeah, that you thought were cool at some point. You really wanted to, you know, go do whatever with you and go hang out with or, you know, pick up or get picked up so you can go drive and go, you know, skateboard or do whatever else. Yeah, guys that you wanted to hang around with or girls that were uh, just doing interesting things. I mean, what I like about that story, actually, is when I think about it, is you talk about people responding to it in kind of a melancholy spirit. And then the way that you draw it is just uh, very light and kind of almost popular because you use kind of more colors mm -hmm. in that one and as opposed to some of your other zines, which are just kind of black and white. Mm -hmm. And it feels light and kind of positive, despite the fact that it kind of brings up these kind of melancholy notions. It's like a really nice balance that you have in that book. Oh, thank you. I think I also wanted to, I don't know if it was a subconscious or conscious decision. I don't remember now, but um, I, I also do like to sort of disguise heavier emotions using non-human characters. So my one-eyed blob monster sort of my <laughs> conduit for <laughs> deeper emotions of loneliness. <laughs> Hi, this is Mari Naomi, and you're listening to Shaky Town Radio. Adam, we want to hear about your zines, your photo zines. Yeah, uh, I, I've made just low-run zines. I think a lot of times when I used to, or friends that I had that used to make zines, you made just a couple of them. You made 10, maybe 20 of them, and that was it. And you mailed them to friends, or you, you traded them with friends through mail. And so that was, that's really, I mean... Most of my zines have been either small Xerox collections or just small printed out collections of photos. I made a ton of them. Most of them went to friends. Maybe a couple of them I sold at locations or maybe an event I had like two or three. I think with the Echoplex once we were there for, what was it, Echo Park Rising, I think? Oh, I remember. yeah, a couple of years back. I had yeah. found like a box where I had like 10 of them. So I brought them with me and I sold them there. And yeah, that was interesting. It, it's different because I only make them once in a while and uh, they tend to be... Like I said, very low run, so I don't have a whole invested uh, plan to make them. You know, I kind of make them just when it strikes me randomly. I don't know why. 
it's kind of uh, different than some people who I know very consistently put time into making these, you know, nicely printed zines or if it's a very concrete story or whatever else. It's a little more passive for me. Yeah. And what kind of photos do you like to take? Uh, probably all the zines that I have are mostly outdoors, mostly landscape. Um, some of them, yeah, I think almost all of them were really. I mean, some of them were from my past timelines. I would almost always do a group of photos from some specific time or event. I used to do a lot of road trips. So mm-hmm. if they were a trip through like Iowa and Michigan and all that area, or if I was up in Toronto visiting friends, all that kind of stuff mostly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mean tell me about the, the first comic that you ever put together, like for somebody else to see, not just drawing in your own. Um, well, my first comic zine that I very intently made to show to other people, strangers, not just friends, was uh, I was I was in Japan teaching English, and in Tokyo every year they have this annual convention called Design Festa, with where artists and designers they all have their own little booths showing their art to uh, people over the weekend and. One of my um, fellow English language teachers, who was also an artist, who was also from Southern California, we actually went to the same school and we ended up in the same English teaching company in Japan. We were both on a whim, decided to have a little booth for the weekend and showcase our art. So that was sort of my first experience with uh, signing up for a zine convention and having that deadline to um, whip together a comic. So... I saw this as the perfect opportunity to just test the waters and make a comic. And I was overly ambitious. I made a hundred copies <laughs> of my first of the zine. And during this whole weekend event, I probably sold about eight. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was a 32 page comic about two cats. Uh, the title of the comic is Milk and Moo, which is the name of the two cats in the story. And it's basically. Um, sort of a love story. I don't even know what <laughs> genre it is. Yeah, <laughs> but basically, there are these two cats um, who are happily living along the river until this weird monster comes to them and says, you need to watch over all of existence. And it sort of follows what happens after that. Um, you could read it online on my website. For free. <laughs> yeah, and, and people can uh, go find it at, it's, and it's at .com. Yes, it's yumisakagawa.com. Uh, but you also are writing, um, or I should say you have writing available also on uh, The Rumpus mm-hmm. and Wonder How To. Yes. So how did you get involved with uh, contributing to those sites? Well, with Wonder How To, it was, it was very serendipitous. It, it's, it's a how-to website, uh, sort of in the style of Lifehacker, where it just has a collection of articles and videos on various how-to subjects. That was very random. Uh, One of the editors who used to work for Wonder How To, she came across one of my meditation comics floating around on the internet. And from there, she just randomly emailed me asking me if I wanted to become a regular illustrative blogger for the site. And as for the rumpus... um, yeah, that was that was another really random serendipitous opportunity. So basically Zoe, who is now the managing editor of the Rumpus. Is Zoe Ruiz? Yes, yeah, Zoe yeah. Ruiz. Uh, she was looking for a comic contributor just for the month of January 
earlier this year and she she asked Bianca, <laughs> Bianca Berrigan, if her. she we, knew any we're familiar. Yeah, if she knew any uh comic book artists who might be interested. So Bianca uh recommended me and from there I sort of became a um a continuing regular comic contributor. So the moral of the story is <laughs> be active in the zine community and post your comics online and you just never know what random opportunities might come up. Very cool. Uh, I have in front of me intergalactic telepathic pen pal. <laughs> um, and, and this is why I, I commented earlier. I was like, oh, I, I think of you as a, like storyteller is what I first and foremost think. Of course, you're a brilliant visual artist. Thank you. Um, but these uh, other super short stories, and, and I read this on the train, and I was really drawn to, I think specifically, uh, Moon Man and Artemis. Oh, that's one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, so you see, this is going to be weird. This is a little experiment in, in podcasting, because <laughs> we want people to go read it. But I, I want to share a little bit about it. I'm going to describe to the audience. Uh, you have a gentleman... He's worried about his fish being depressed. He does some Googling. <laughs> he figures out that maybe he just needs a new surroundings. And so he gives him a new, uh, some new surroundings, a new mm-hmm. habitat. Aquarium. Yes. That's what we call it. That's, that's, that's the technical term for it. <laughs> Highly technical term. Um, and I don't know, there's a little fish kiss at the end. Um, so my question is, is he kissing him, trying to kiss him because he's thankful for the new aquarium or was he depressed the whole time because he can't kiss him? Huh. Well, (laughs) as, as an artist, I generally don't like to reveal, uh, these open-ended questions. I do want the (laughs) readers to... Think for themselves, uh, but but the backstory for Moon Man and Artemis is that um, my my best friend had a betta fish who was depressed, and my boyfriend David also briefly had too briefly, unfortunately, uh, had a betta fish that was depressed and unhappy. And betta fish um, apparently are prone to getting sad or being being moody so they need really a lot of extra care and attention to be happy healthy fish so that sort of inspired the story behind it <laughs> makes sense i'm thinking that i'm part beta fish now when you uh, describe them like that as am i <laughs> adam what kind of fish are you what kind of fish am i uh <laughs> i have no idea we're going into full barbara walters territory <laughs> spirit animal yeah, I don't know, Spirit. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. The only fish I come across is uh, tilapia and all the fish tacos. Uh, I can't think of anything. <laughs> that might be about it. Delicious. Yeah. Um, so will we be sharing uh, the Skylight Books event on uh, Thursday, December 5th? Well, actually, um, this was an idea I, I just had today, but I was thinking it might be fun to share some anonymous uh friend love stories so if you have a uh, a friend love anecdote or memory that you just sort of want to get off your chest <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, feel free to uh email it to me and it might share some of those stories what email at address Skylight we Books. Uh, it's yumi sakugawa at gmail.com perfect 
All right. Um, and then a couple days later, of course, uh, like we mentioned, we'll be tabling at East Side. East, I keep calling it East Side. I want to feel a lot more Z's in there. Yeah. That, that's what I suggest for, for your events. We can call it EZM. Some people use that acronym. So there you go. Yeah. I like that. Let's talk about EZM. Uh, who, who all are you expecting? I know you're expecting Yumi Sakagawa. You're expecting Brody Foster Hubbard and Daisy Noemi. Yeah. Uh, and, well, next to you guys, there's going to be, what, Carrie McNinch and, uh, is it Mari Mar- Mar- Noemi? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mari Noemi, who also writes for The Rumpus. Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, is that how you know each other? Is it... We actually met at, well, we, we first randomly uh, sort of connected through Twitter, and then uh, we, we met for the first time at the 2012 LA Zine Fest. Okay. Well, there's going to be people from all of I mean, there's several people that I know from previous events. You have Never Press, as I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. You have uh, Galaxies and Sleep Talk, which I think are two presses that were at the uh, Space 1520 events. Right. Oh, so I want to tell that story really quick. So we, we showed up, Daisy Noemi and I, the dreamy and delightful Daisy Noemi. Uh, we began our uh, stint as uh, table buddies, uh, and now we are table buddies for life. That was your first time together? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, because yeah. I've seen your names attached to all the other events, so I kind of assumed you guys had always tabled together. Yeah, that was that was the uh, ground zero for that. I didn't even realize. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> the first, but, the, but you were our ta- literally our table buddy that day. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we came with, uh, I came with Denise, and yeah, you guys had the table, it was this really odd table with, uh, I think it had like three legs, or like four legs, somehow they kind of pseudo-attached to each other too, like yes. one leg is like four feet long, but the other leg is somehow like attached to two and a half feet, and uh, desperately trying to figure out how to put this thing together. And Adam jumped in, and, and put it together for us. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, I felt so embarrassed, but... He was really cool about it. Well, that was a slow beginning to that whole event, so that was kind of an interesting day. We had to get the canopies and everything else. So it mm-hmm. was an interesting setup. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, that's why I did not interview you for that event that day because I was still so embarrassed <laughs> because I just I, I I couldn't put the table together. I'm not handy <laughs> with without Megan, uh, my long suffering spouse Megan, who put together the studio that we are in right now. Yeah, I can't, I can't do I can't, I, I can't do much of anything. Yeah, that event was strange altogether, actually. That was probably the only event I had my mother with me, actually, that day. She was visiting from Chicago, and she had just come in, and so I had already set up the event to go, and so Denise and I were like, well, you can come with. I mean, yeah. it's, it's right by me. <laughs> she had said she wanted to look for some uh, some jazz records, I think, and some other things for my sister, and oh, so... She was like, well, there's Amoeba, which is practically across the yeah. street. So, yeah. you know, you could just come with it. Or you could hang out. So she came and sat down actually by our table for a little while and then went over to Amoeba, came back with some, uh, I think, CDs and records and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it was a, it was a nice event, though. Yeah. But, yeah, like I said, uh, I think Kevin Ovalis and a few other people who have been at that event mm-hmm. are going to be there. Is uh, Swami Guerra? Get her? Yeah, she's going to be there. Yeah, she does Suicidal Goldfish. Yeah. Oh, Speaking yeah. Of, do you know that one? Speaking yeah, of yeah. Personalities and fish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I just talked to her at, at the most recent Space 1520 event. Uh, not, 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 it wasn't on the podcast. Uh, it was just, I was there. And, uh, <laughs> but, and we talked. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, other regulars from like the LA Zine Fest would be uh, MC Sunflower Jones. They, they've right. been at a ton of events. And, yeah. uh, Stephen and Deirdre, who yeah, we have spoken with on the show. Okay, and uh, let's see who else. Well, Brody Foster Hubbard. I have a list in front of me because yeah. it's like a huge list. So I'm looking at everyone. Joshua Wasaki, who was actually at the first one. I don't think he was at the second LAZ Fest, but he does a lot of drawings and comics. 
And then we have Tiny Splendor, who is in Utah, LA. Uh, they have some really amazing work. Uh, Jen Venegas, Skin Knees, I think she was with you at a zine quest. Yeah, um, Jen is uh, definitely a friend of mine and of the show. Uh, she also she does her zine's called uh, "She's Not a Morning Person." She's not a morning person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, from the Arpo Fair, we had uh, I don't know if you noticed they had a uh, what was it? It wasn't a thing of safe spaces. You know that policy they use for all the zine events. No, they had this uh, table there with um, Corso Nomal and Dataside. They're going to be doing uh, more political-oriented zines, mm-hmm. uh, some anti-authoritarianism, sorry, anti-authoritarianism, uh, and Chicano-oriented uh, zines and all that kind of stuff. And then there's just a ton of other people, uh, Emilio's Pocket, Button Willow Comics. Um, Stacey Russo, is she... Uh, yeah, Stacy Russo will be there. She'll have both zines and uh, what is it? Love the Librarian Bakery. Wild Librarian Bakery. Wild Librarian Bakery. <laughs> Stacy yeah. is a librarian and a poet and a baker, vegan baker. What a great combination! Yeah, yeah. it really is. It is. She was doing um, at Soapbox event. She had a bowl where she was taking. You just wrote your name down and an email if you wanted to get the poem, and then you put in a word on a random piece of paper, and then you throw it in the bowl, and then she emails you the poem that combines all the words from that event. So, yeah. I think I saw her maybe at SF Zine Fest. Oh, yeah? Maybe. maybe. I don't, I'm <laughs> not sure. someone else is She's actually her. from down in Orange County, so I'm not sure. I think she said she was, uh, I think she's a librarian at Santa Ana Library, Santa Ana College, maybe. But yeah, she's from down there, so I'm not sure. Maybe. A lot of people go around to all these different events. It's mm-hmm. pretty amazing when you run into people at uh, from all the way. Like we were down in San Diego and, you know, Kame from Reflect was down there and a few other people. Brody was down there actually with, uh, I think was, was, it was Daisy uh, was with you. Yep. And, and Erica Sander. Erica was with you too because yeah. I saw our zines. Yeah. And uh, really we'll have really local stuff too. I mean, we have, uh, the interesting thing is there's always people, I mean, like we're talking about people that I've been aware of that I've heard of either or I've seen at an event but we're getting people who I've never seen their zines. I don't think they've been at any of the events I've seen. A Zinovella from a Ryan Castro Miller. He's got a horror zines and uh, Cheap Thrills and Pulp Magazine dedicated. Uh, Zan Loves East LA, which is about her personal experiences living in East LA. Uh, and then a few others I've never heard of. A Daily Banana, which is going to be along with uh, Shea Blue from Nadia Adela. And uh, Mao and Me from uh, Jessica Poon and Strictly Yours from Taylor Duran. These are all zines I've never seen. Uh, looking forward to uh, seeing them. And uh, it was one of the one which had a really interesting name. What was it? Oh, yeah. I was a teenage Filipino skinhead. You told me about that. <laughs> uh, you told yeah, both of us about that before the Yeah. The and I've seen the images online. That zine looks really awesome. So yeah. I'm looking forward to meeting uh, his name's uh, Greg Narvas and seeing you know, all these different people. So it's going to be cool. We already have about 50 people and yeah, looking forward to seeing everything that everyone has. Very cool. And I know that one of your goals besides, um, just highlighting, uh, highlighting the East side and having folks come to the East side, um, but also just providing another event, uh, during the year for, uh, you know, there's, there's different events, uh, in Southern California and all across the country. Um, during different parts of the year, uh, I know Raymond Duran tries to schedule IEs and Quest, you know, the beginning of the fall because there's yeah. usually that's usually a good window of opportunity. And then you'll be closing out the year here. Yeah, we need seasonal events, so there will be in the spring. You know, you have all these fests, and then in the fall you have that. And in the summer you have San Francisco's Fest if you go up there. Not to mention San Diego, yeah. and then yeah, Portland, be the winter too. event. Yeah, 
Actually, maybe LA needs a summer event. Maybe, maybe someone will do that. I read in an email that maybe there will be some other like things going on at the EZM. Yeah, there will be some music. There's going to be um, some food from uh, so Vegan Moni. She does vegan food, so she'll have vegan food there. And then there will be the Vegan Bakery, too, from Stacy, as you yeah. mentioned. And then, actually, I think Yumi said she will be reading. Yeah, I would definitely be interested in doing <laughs> And then we have reading. at least five or six other people who have said they'll be reading. So I just got to put together a schedule, uh, some poetry, and then some collected writings, and then also some comics. So, yeah, uh, that'll be... And most of the program is going to be kind of simple. Tiny Splendor has also said that they may be doing something, although they're kind of not sure whether it's going to be a how-to with... Because uh, they do a lot of uh, risograph printing. And mm-hmm. they... Actually, you should look them up because they are new to L.A., but they're actually looking to really do... Uh, collaborations with printing and so that's one of the things that they'll be talking about and working on um, but yeah so there'll be that and you know it's a nice big space i'm really focusing more on having a lot of different vendors and trying to get a big mix of people and having them in east uh in the, on the east side in boyle heights and uh and also like i said the people from east la that i don't really see their zines anywhere outside of east la so that'll be interesting to get that exposure for them out to uh, a lot of other people coming by yeah That'd be good. And then the other thing is, too, is the same weekend is the Anarchist Book Fair. And they'll right. have zines there, too. And so it'll be a nice big print weekend. You'll have yeah. Yumi's Reading at Skylight. And then you'll have Saturday, the uh, Anarchist Book Fair. And mm-hmm. then you can do Saturday, the East Side Zine Market. So it'll be a pretty busy weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also on that Saturday, um, GR2, the, the art gallery for a giant robot, they're having the opening reception for their um, annual post-it show where artists submit artwork on post-its and last year uh, I was actually able to get a original Hernandez post-it comic art for only $50 dollars. Oh, wow. $20, $25 <laughs> all the post-its are $25 I feel like somebody we know is going to be in this it's one. curated by Esther Pearl Watson and okay. her husband okay Mari Naomi's also in it as well. That's what I thought. Yes, I, I thought she might have submitted something for that. Mm-hmm. So cool. And Unique LA is going on that weekend. Yeah, too. yeah. Oh, Unique LA is also yeah. that weekend. There's a ton of stuff. I think there's even yeah. the night after. Like I think at six thirty, there's some kind of ride roll event at Pear Space that's going to be going on. They're going to have zines there too, and huh. a ton of music. And I think that starts at like six thirty or seven. So yeah, it'll be a busy weekend. Yeah, very good. Um, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned something about printing that wanted me, uh, that made me want to ask you, Yumi, because mm-hmm. obviously, uh, we've talked about your, the strength of your writing and your visual art. I want to know more about, uh, how much of a print nerd you are as far as the actual process, the paper, you know, the medium itself. Um, is that something you have, uh, gotten into at all or? That's actually something I really want to get into more because right now my, my printing knowledge, I think is really basic i just put together my my (laughs) zines on um through adobe indesign and then i just give the pdf to a local printer in compton so i I really want to know more about uh screen printing that the more the most (laughs) fancy i've gotten is using glittery cardstock as opposed to normal cardstock so i do definitely want to um graduate from that and get more printing savvy as some of the zine makers I've seen are. Yeah, I picked up a, a Piltdown Lad ep- uh, issue. And, uh, well, let me show it to you really quick. Um, <laughs> yeah. We can we can talk about it on yeah, the there's air. There's a huge library of zines here you can't see, but yeah. it's pretty impressive. I just 
Look at this paper. Look at this cover. Like, I think that's what you're talking about, kind of. As far as... And again, you know, not a visual medium podcasing, but we're looking at <laughs> we're looking at an issue of Piltdown Lab that like has this crazy paper. It has kind of like cover. a metallic surface. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like a brushed metal. Yeah. Nice. And 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 David, who you referred to earlier, is here just just off mic, and he's sampling <laughs> the goods of of, uh, of of the Eagles Nest Zine Library. Um, yeah, and as you can see, like. Yeah, we have a uh, stolen Sharpie revolution. Yeah. reporter. Uh, several people here that are going to be at the different events. Stacy Russo. There's just so many ways to print your stuff that I yeah I don't know either. You mean like I'm 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 one step below you because I'm using Microsoft Word. You're actually, <laughs> you're actually using InDesign, so. Um, but. But I, I mean, think... you have to you have to keep th- certain things in mind because you are so visual and and reproducing those images i mean that's what's great about web is because you have it i'm sure like scanned in or mm-hmm. yeah um so and then you doing your photo zines that's that amazes me like anytime i have seen um sarah and lowell's stuff for freeways collide mm-hmm. or daniel and vanessa's stuff for influenza just and, and daisy's stuff um all with all her photos yeah it's like just the care that goes into reproducing those images yeah actually some of those used to drive me nuts early on because i would intentionally not use, when i used to start making zines most of my friends who had made zines used uh, like strictly xeroxing machines so i had actually tried to make the first few by designing them but only by using the surface of the xerox machine like i wouldn't lay anything out on the computer i would line up all the photos in certain patterns that i found pleasing and so then you would actually do it as they would come out and do 100 and then put the paper back in the machine and then just double side it that way yeah. you wouldn't actually get like a printer or anything else to do that but yeah i can't imagine doing anything much more complicated than that the the, the riser graph i'm really interested in just because you can do colors but yeah it's amazing what different people do i mean you see really nice uh screen printed covers on zines mm-hmm. these days you see um we had someone who brought on a zine that comes with you know cds and everything else uh also, you get a poster with it if you buy it and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But yeah. Was that Dum Dum Zine? No, that's... um. Because they, they definitely put together a... Yeah, they do. They have... Yeah, that's like a packaged box with yeah. all kinds of stuff in there. No, that was actually... Um, I can't think of his name right now. He does a... Uh, it's a dinosaur uh, coloring zine, basically. And then he also has one that comes with the CD, which comes with all the text plus some music. And then you also get a poster of one of his illustrations. So the whole thing's all... It's a really nice collection. It was actually... Just at the reading that Suomiya had at the, at the bookshop. Yeah, you have a reading series that. Um, now, does she curate that or host it? Or? That event she curated, and in the past we've had uh, poetry events uh, that were organized by uh, Rebecca Gonzalez, who does uh, poetry reads all over, and she actually does her own zine too, mostly like a collection of poetry. Um, but actually, we've been talking, and hopefully, in the future, we will be holding more events where people are reading zines and poetry, and also doing music. Um, or actual. I guess I should mention, I don't know. We're still talking about maybe trying to do something over at the Mariachi Plaza, but nothing concrete. Yeah. But it'd be nice to do some, that's the other thing, most of the events that have been done around here have been mostly uh, mostly indoors. So, you know, the only other one has been in the Space 1520, which is in the courtyard. But we do think it would be nice to do some open air. Uh, if you've never been to the Boyle Heights Mariachi Plaza, you know, there's a big platform. There's a nice big space, so hopefully we can get something there. Very cool. Yumi, you have, like, we, we talked last time about how you've gotten out to more events, and obviously you're doing this reading at Skylight. Um, 
I think you are a very kind and friendly and um, <laughs> social person. Oh, but thank I, you. I would say the nature of your work, though, I could see you having your more introverted moments. So has it has it been a, a, a effort at all to kind of have to put <laughs> yourself out there now that your audience is growing? Or are you accustomed to it already? Um, That's a good question. With my Skylight Books event, it'll definitely be my first time being the only person <laughs> without <laughs> any co-presenters. So hopefully you guys will all come out and be the judge of how well I do. I, I, I am nervous, but because I don't consider myself to be a, a public speaker by nature, but um, I am more excited and you know, randomly, I was actually in a theater group in college. Yeah. Um, well, in the beginning, I sort of dabbled in acting and improv, but towards the end, uh, I did more writing and behind-the-scenes work. So, yeah, I think I've gotten more shy <laughs> <laughs> than, say, when I was in college. But, um, yeah, I, I'm more excited and nervous about Good. speaking to more people and doing more public appearances. Yeah. I mean, this is something Raymond Duran and I spoke about. He being a PR person for a shop called Quest. So Adam, you have, I'm sure, gone through this for site books, is that you have to be more of a hype man. For, for Shaky Town Radio, <laughs> I, I have to do the same because, you know, we're trying to share all the writers and artists, comedians, whatever a person's art or, you know, work or craft is, you know, I'm, I'm me and the Shaky Town team are, are pushing you know, for them and, and showing them to an audience. So we have to kind of, you know, play that role. And then Yumi, as a, a DIYer, as an independent artist and writer, um, you have to do that for yourself. It, mm-hmm. It's You don't have, like, Lady Gaga's PR team right. booking things, you know. Yeah. Or, I don't know why I went to Lady Gaga. That's yeah. the most famous person on the planet I could think of. You know, and, and even 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 now with uh, with pop stars and, and famous... Um, authors uh and right you know they 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 get out there themselves on social media and things like that mm-hmm. so how, how has it been for you guys as uh, far as being a public face uh you know to be honest that's actually been really hard because i think i probably like yumi slant towards more of the shy side at this point and yeah i mean with Electronic media is a little bit easier, although a lot of responsibility because you got to just take every single day if you really want to be updating your Tumblr and your Facebook and all that kind of stuff to try and get the word out. But as far as being a public face, uh, I'm looking for someone for the East Side Zine Market who wants to do uh, maybe stand up and host that because <laughs> I'm not sure it's my forte. Um, that was a great thing when Tuomi had that event. You know, she was really great. She stood up. She introduced everyone. She's familiar with everyone. And she just has the willingness to go on stage. Uh, for me, I probably, as you can hear me right now, I have kind of a flat tone. <laughs> it's uh, it's definitely not my strong suit. And unfortunately, Denise is the same way. So it's kind of why we get along because we're kind of a kind of a shy, quiet couple and kind of a bookish, I guess you would say, for a bookstore. Aww, so. That's so cute. And uh, yeah, so actually, we're not really big hype people. Um, and actually, if I could just mention one more thing, Joshua Crampton, that is the dinosaur zine. He was, okay. a really, he was a really nice guy, and I don't want to mention the zine and not put his name out there. So, But, uh, yeah, so that's the kind of thing, you know. Um, as far as hype, it's uh, there's not a lot of hype to the bookstore. We just kind of put everything together and then hope people come out and 
we're more like on kind of meeting people and kind of trying to build personal relationships and just uh, reaching out to all different kind of people to bring zines in and to sell zines and sell books and look at different things. But that's kind of more the way we do things. Yeah. Uh, one thing about zine culture, which I'm really thankful for, is that everyone is so nice. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there are um, other creative industries where maybe uh, there's sort of the stereotype that people are egotistical or difficult or are hard to work with but um i feel like with all of my um zine convention interactions with uh, fellow zine makers or zine organizers everybody is just so supportive and um so down to earth and really really interesting people so um for, for me um uh this this would be my first time really having the responsibility to promote my book and be my own one person hype machine for for my friend love book and and I haven't gotten into the thick of it yet but uh, so far just reaching out to different zine organizers or fellow zine colleagues uh people I've been lucky to have people being very responsive and being very supportive yeah we've been the same way with the zine market you know we've talked to all the different people who are going to be participating and they've been completely willing to you know mention it on their own personal sites you know everyone has their own tumblr or blog and everyone's been doing that and then we reached out with you know flyers and we've talked to other people about printing them and just other events too you know talking to the san diego zine fest people the la zine fest people everyone's just really open to helping support any type of zine event that's going to take place because they just want to see all the different work that people are going to be making and so yeah it's just all positive very cool uh, so with that in mind, uh, we want to tell folks uh, one more time where to come see all of us. Uh, Yumi Sakagawa reads from I Think I Am In Friend Love With You on December 5th at 7.30 at Skylight uh, Books, which is at 1818 North Vermont. Uh, so it's the Los Feliz or Los Feliz, depending on how you want to pronounce it. <laughs> I'm going to go to Adam as the source here. It, I, I feel like he's the pronunciation guide. Yes. <laughs> I I have no, that, that one comes up all the time. People have always said it, and I always hear both ways, and I've never been that clear on it. So I, I say Los Feliz, but Los Feliz, it's... You live closer, <laughs> I would think. Yeah, you're, I've only lived kind here of the authority. for like six or seven years. You're from here, uh, you mean California, so... Um, as, as my boyfriend David knows, I'm notorious for mispronouncing even the simplest words because <laughs> I was a bookworm as a child, so I just didn't... Uh, I guess that brain nerve for correct word pronunciation just didn't, didn't develop correctly. So maybe that's why we get along so well. It's <laughs> yeah. like the same way. Yeah. Um, okay, good. I feel better. <laughs> and I want to say about your book, or I should say what Mari Naomi says about your book, friend of the show, Mari <laughs> Naomi. This is one of my favorite comics ever, a sweet ode to platonic love that will echo through the ages. Thanks, Mari. <laughs> so come check that out. Come uh, support Yumi. Uh, and then Sight Books uh, is at 419 North Rowan Avenue. That's East LA. 90063 is the zip code. And you can also contact them if you have any questions um, at Sight Books. That's S-E-I-T-E books at gmail.com. And uh, you're open? Uh, 11 to 8, um, Monday through Saturday, except for Fridays, we close one hour early, and Sundays, we're open from uh, 2 to 8. Okay. And then the East Side Zine Market, also known as the East Side Zine Market, uh, but Adam would prefer you call it EZM and not mangle it like I am. 
Uh, that will be December 8th, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, all the great vendors that you heard about and uh, the readings. And this will be at the Hazard Armory Park. Hazard Park Armory. Hazard Park Armory. <laughs> See, I told you. Do you mean? Uh, and, and, and the address for that is uh, 1350 San Pablo Street, uh, zip code 90033. So you can put that in your... Yeah, Hazard Park is a, is a pretty big park. It'll be on the west side of the park. There's a huge building. It looks kind of like a school building, kind of, actually. It's a pretty large place. And, yeah. it's uh, Actually, currently, it's also the people who are partnering with, they do uh, they use that space. That is uh, East LA Rep and Legacy LA. They're two nonprofits that are helping. Uh, and one side, they help with uh, arts and uh, drama programs. And then the other side, they kind of are helping actually kind of... Uh, develop that whole building like trying to do different things with it as far as mostly working with youth as far as education goes and the best uh site for people to uh no pun intended uh to find the information about the event would that be you can look on facebook east side zine market or just east side zine market.tumblr.com that has all the tabling information and we've been previewing all the different people who are going to be vending at the market and the website for site books is sitebooks.com yeah s-e-i-t-e cool well, thank you guys so much for coming out today and uh, and being part of Shaky Town Radio, the the double episode uh, for before Thanksgiving. Do you guys have uh, holiday plans? Um, just uh, having a Thanksgiving dinner with um, my family in Orange County, so not going anywhere far, thankfully. Yeah, we'll be with uh, Denise's family, uh, just having typical uh, Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, we uh, we always do the vegan. Uh, Whole Foods dinner option. Okay. <laughs> uh, our uh, my in laws are very good about respecting that uh, and, and our, our vegan preferences. And you know, I'm not like trying to get us to eat meat or anything. <laughs> but um, but this this is a good holiday to try. I had some vegan, vegan turkey last year. It was it was good. Yeah, it was good. It's really good. And then, and then you don't feel guilty. Yeah, um, I don't really feel guilty either way. <laughs> for me, I can eat vegan pizza or vegan cheese. I mean, I had a lot of vegan food because, you know, despite what people sometimes think, I mean, there's a lot of good vegan food. It's not necessarily, you know, some people would stereotype it being like a little bit, you know, oh, you're substituting cheese. Is it not as good or whatever else? But you know, there's plenty of good vegan food out there, vegan options Delicious. and all that kind of stuff. It's very good. But yeah, but I also eat, you know, all kinds of meat. Right, so. right, right, right. I don't have any <laughs> Former vegetarian. Between like Stacy Russo and I, we will we'll try to sway you to the dark. Yeah, side. it'll be a hard sell. I'm, I'm like uh, like hamburgers, pepperoni pizza kind of guy. Yeah, <laughs> you do your best. I, this sounds like a good time. It sounds like we're all hungry now because we're talking about food. So uh, we're gonna go eat. I think. Uh, so enjoy your holiday and uh, come enjoy all of what we have to offer in December. Uh, probably the next episode you'll hear will be live on the scene of East Side Zine. I did it again. <laughs> of EZM. I didn't know it would be so hard. I'll have to maybe we'll work on another name. It's just LA me. Zine Market or something else. I'm not sure. I have the same uh, gene that you does <laughs> for these things. So, um, But we'll talk to you there. We'll talk to these two again, probably from the scene. Uh, until then, uh, this is Shaky Town Radio Hour. I'm Brody Foster Hubbard. Uh, Adam Bernalis. And Yumi Sakagawa. And David? Hey, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Cool.